Welcome, everybody, to a new episode of the Transcript Podcast. You've got me, Scott Krisloff, along with Eric Mokaya. We sent out a new issue of the newsletter yesterday, and it was a busy week because it was a busy week for earnings. But what we saw were a continuation of the trends that we've been picking up recently, which is high inflation, supply chain bottlenecks. We saw, at the same time, we saw strong demand, and we saw even demand staying strong in the, in the face of pricing pressures. So any thoughts, Eric? Yeah, I think the interesting part is despite all these uh, companies uh, really posting record performances, I mean, Whirlpool was reporting last week, uh, even despite the fact that they are having all these challenges, they're still able like to post their own track for a record performance. Blackstone also, the CEO, uh, I've been following the company for a while. I mean, their AUM has been growing super fast. But this has been their best quarter in 36 years. Uh, so that tells you in their 36 year history, they've grown now to almost a record AUM of around 731 billion. So I think all in all, as a significant number of companies are bound to have a record a Q3 performance. That tells you a lot about the kind of economy that you that you're living in. So they, despite all the pressures, the parts, despite the fact that they're not able to meet demand. And they're still able to have really good quarters. So not sure how that plays out. I also listened to a couple of investors who are really worried about China. So it's it's fascinating that they're super invested in China, but still they have this part of them that always like I think one of the person, one of the people that we whose quotes we picked says, "I worry every day that the government might change their attitude towards the businesses that I'm invested in." So <laughs> that was a bit interesting to read, even though he's fully invested in China and all. Any other, any thoughts that you picked up yourself across the many quotes that we had this week? Yeah, I think one that stood out that's an area that we should definitely talk about is what Snap said about Apple's iOS changes having a major impact on the digital advertising market. I think the fact that Snap is saying this, which is one of the top 10 digital platforms for content, is really important and everybody should take stock of this. And I've heard this in other places anecdotally recently as well, that these iOS changes are upending advertising the way that it's being done on the internet. And I thought it was interesting that within that quote, Snap CFO was talking about how Apple is providing a a different platform to be able to identify users and that there's less fidelity to it. But I think it's interesting that Apple is kind of using this opportunity to insert itself into the advertising ecosystem, which is somewhat of a catalyst for Apple on top of it. Any thoughts, Eric? Two things, I think. One was, of course, the fact that the IS changes what Snap had anticipated, that this would not have a significant amount of impact going into Q3. But they were surprised by the fact that uh, that Apple launched a competing product, which actually layers on top of which 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 is on top of the App Store, and from which now Snap has to get the statistics to actually tell advertisers whether their advertisements are actually having impact or not. So that uh, Apple putting itself between a Snap and its uh, uh, the advertisers kind of now takes market share a little bit and visibility a lot from Snap, and that of course means. Uh, Apple has actually better data now about how advertisements are doing. So in future, it's kind of like a, 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 is it an intermediation or disintermediation, one of those? So where someone actually inserts themselves between you and your customer now, and you have to pay them to actually get the complete data. 
So you, you wouldn't be you wouldn't be far-fetched to think like in future, Apple may actually charge Snap to get access to data which Snap had access to previously. So I think that that was pretty interesting. Um, and then of course there's uh, data that came out, I think one or two weeks ago, where it showed that Apple has actually increased the amount of revenue it's generating from ads after having kind of kicked out the rest of the competing products from the App Store, uh, which is pretty significant and a catalyst, as you say, for Apple. And then secondly, of course, uh, uh, one quote that I picked up was uh, uh, Snap also saying that there is a second effect that is coming about because of the supply chains. So the thing is, supply chains are constrained, but you wouldn't expect social media companies to be the ones who are affected. But indirectly, they're being affected because the, the, the companies which are supposed to be advertising cutting down on, on, on advertising because they already have the demand. It's just a supply which is actually affecting them. So what tells you is they're going to Q3 and Q4, which is the busy season in terms of advertising. Some of these social media companies may actually have a big challenge uh, in terms of reaching the kind of numbers they want to reach. Uh, I, I wanted to expand on that though, because I had a conversation with a friend this weekend about it. It's a friend who works in the finance department of a private e-commerce apparel company that's like couple hundred million dollar run rate. And he was telling me that the changes have completely flipped the business model on its head. It's inverted the economics because the cost of acquiring a new customer is higher now than the lifetime value of the customer. And so for companies, I think the small to mid-sized e-commerce companies selling low margin products, this is a really big deal. And there are public versions of those companies. So there are investment uh, theses that uh, can be formed around this, probably on the short side. And I don't know if public markets have fully grasped this yet, but it is an area for people to be digging into. Yeah, I think better visibility will, of course, be be found when Facebook reports, uh, which, which is a key player who's reporting this week. So I think that's a key company to pay attention to in terms of the secondary effects. More also, Apple is also reporting this week. Those are some of the companies that you really want to be paying attention to and seeing what are the impact that is having? Is Apple also generating greater? Would they, would the revenues they're generating from ads actually be significant enough for them to talk about maybe in the earnings call? Maybe not now, but maybe in future. That's a key aspect of it. But again, the Snaps CFO and the CEO repeatedly say that this has appended the business model. And it's exactly what you're saying, that this has changed the dynamics in the advertising industry. So it's really disrupted business. So I'm not sure if investors have grasped the full impact of this, um, but going forward, we really will get more visibility in Q3 earnings. Yeah. Yeah, certainly. I mean, there's definitely, I don't think public markets get this yet and there's definitely money to be made somewhere, but I'm not exactly sure where yet. I think it's Apple that is making the money this time. (laughs) (laughs) Potentially. Yeah. Um, what, I mean, a few other important things throughout the, the newsletter this week, though, one of the really important ones was in the tech section, found three different quotes of companies talking about the worst of the semiconductor shortage kind of being behind us, that we're getting a little bit better. But all three of the quotes said, it, we still don't really have visibility, and this is likely the last through 2022. So at least the rate of change is not getting worse on the semiconductor side, which is one of the worst places of the supply chain bottlenecks. So maybe you're seeing some green shoots. And that's another area that maybe uh, public markets are not fully appreciating some improvement. That's also like we've been looking for hints on when these supply chain issues are going to turn. And this could be it. I mean, across all 
Uh, the quotes we've read, demand is really high for a lot of uh, a lot of products and the supply is really low. I mean, we saw one quote there where the US auto inventory is actually at the lowest in 35 years. So it tells you a lot about how strained things are across the supply chain. So one more thing that I wanted to maybe pick your brain on, because we've also been paying attention a little bit to developments in the oil industry. And I know like a lot of companies, especially the airlines are saying that uh, in Q3 and Q or Q4, going into Q4, they're a major cost aspect that they're looking at is fuel. But also like on the other hand, there are companies which have noted this development and there is a strong resurgence in offshore rig activities. Any comments on that yourself? Yeah, I mean, this is something that we pointed out probably in like March, April timeframe on the podcast and in, in the newsletter is that the these stocks were basically loaded, spring loaded for a recovery where if you had you have this inflation in the rest of the economy, you have increasing return to normalcy from the pandemic where people are, are consuming more, more fossil fuels again, and you have an energy industry that's not yet ready to really just focus on renewable energy. And so you and you had oil stocks that were basically priced for obsolescence. And I think you've seen this rebound and it, it potentially could go a lot farther than this still probably. And I think one catalyst here or one like specific place where you might even have more juices on that offshore, if people are really starting to, to invest in exploration to find new sources of oil back on the offshore side, you know, this is an area that 10, 12 years ago, there was a lot of public activity in offshore. It is kind of the edge of exploration, but maybe it's an area that people want to want to be making some incremental purchases. Yeah, I think uh, that kind of also uh, picks on a theme which is which I, I quietly have been noticing in the past few, I think one or two quarters. So the companies actually invested very heavily in capex. I mean, given the demand out there, companies are ramping up, and maybe that's why you're seeing a little bit of uh, the worst being behind us in the semiconductor industry. Companies are ramping up on that side so that they can keep up the supply. And I saw one quote that says something like, this is a strong capex cycle in the US since the 1940s. Uh, it actually, we'll include the chat in the, in the transcript to our podcast today. But that's pretty yeah. interesting. It's pretty significant that companies are actually investing. Yeah. Before moving too far away from that, a car comment about inventories being the lowest in 35 years. I wanted to also point out that relative to that, it's really amazing that Tesla is at a, a million car delivery rate now annually, especially when you think about the rest of the industry starting, struggling to deliver. But I think Tesla crossing into the million vehicle range is really an important thing that just psychologically the company is moving from a niche automobile supplier into a major automobile supplier. I mean, the revenues of the company are now like 40, $50 billion. This is a major company. Not only is the market cap, you know, almost a trillion dollars now, but like the actual financial operating performance of the company is becoming like very large magnitude. You might remember this company has not been existing for more than 20 years, it's actually less than 20 years, and it's ramping yeah. up production that much. The revenue ramp on this company is insane. There's so many companies that have really large market cap valuation ramps, but to have a revenue ramp like this and to do it in something that's so hard to produce, this is like, this is atoms, not bits. So, you know, manufacturing these cars, are, it's really tough. I mean, it's really impressive what Tesla is doing. It is, it is. Uh, I, I was reading the book uh, about 
from Ashley Vance about Tesla. And I think reading it, I, I think I appreciate what an incredible thing Tesla has pulled off. Anything else or should we end there for this week? I think that's a good place to stop. All right. Thank you for joining us this week. I'll see you next week and uh, keep uh, sending us your comments and feedback to admin at the weekly transcript.com. Uh, see you next week.